0: Hey, what's going on, Andy? How are you doing today, buddy? <laughs> I love your uh, funny. face.
1: Fantastic, person. brother! I'm doing great. Good to be here.
0: It's good, good to have you here, man. Uh, just for everyone to, uh, tuning in, I have Andy Storch on the show. He uh, has like six different podcasts. He's a sales, <laughs> he's a sales consultant, uh, sales leader. Uh, he went to USC. You uh, graduated at the business business school, I believe. With, Business. Yeah, MBA from
1: USC, Marshall School of Business. That's
0: yeah, my. yeah. Uh, uh, you do a lot of different fitness stuff. You bike, you swim, you run. You're always working out. Um, you make me look like a punk. <laughs> all I do is run and everything like that. It's hard <laughs> it's to, it's hard to keep up.
1: It's all social media. No,
0: man, it's not even that. You uh, you really, you know, you're one of those people that, you know, when I met you in person, you are that person that you meet on social, like, you know, on social media. You know, some people will post certain things. And you're definitely one of those guys who is true to his word on everything like that. It was great. We had the chance of meeting back in March for the first time we met through our our friends at mastermind group. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, how circles are small, you know, everyone kind of like knows each other in the self-help industry somehow, some way They, they all combine. Um, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who you are?
1: Well, thanks, Brian. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity. And it was great to finally meet in person back in March in San Diego. And uh, it seems like everybody knows each other, as long as you know, Vincent Puglese who put that together, because he's like the most connected man in podcasting and personal development and everything. So I just follow him everywhere. And, and uh, you know, things usually work out.
0: Yeah, he's pretty remarkable. And, uh, his, uh, <laughs> and, the, and the, you know, the
1: fitness stuff, It's all a facade. It's all about social media, but I do try to, you know, as far as who I am, uh, you know, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I've got two kids. Uh, I run a business doing uh, as a talent development connector and consultant. I like to say um, I connect businesses with really great learning development solutions uh, that help them turn strategy into action and get their people doing the best work of their lives. So, you know, basically I sell and run training and development to large companies. I also do some coaching, some speaking, Uh, I host two podcasts. Uh, One is called The Talent Development Hot Seat, which is all about corporate talent development. And I host another one called The Andy Storch Show, which is all about personal development. Uh, I am, you know, I'm on a mission to get the absolute most out of life. I want to live my life intentionally, have fun, um, be healthy, and inspire others to do the same thing. And so that's why you know, along with running a business and trying to be a great husband and father, I'm not always, but I'm trying to be, uh, I do go to the, try to go to the gym every day too and, and be healthy. And I share a lot of that on social media because I want to inspire other people to do the same thing, just like you. And, uh, so, you know, maybe sometimes people roll their eyes at it, but I also hear from all the time who tell me that I've inspired them to work out more, to lose weight or, you know, whatever it is, um, because of that, just consistently putting that out there and saying like, Hey, I'm not a personal trainer, right? Like like you have been or are, Brian. And so I don't know as much about it. I've got plenty of things to balance, but I still go. Right, And that's the whole point. Make it a priority.
0: No, of course. Yeah. And you, I mean, the work-life balance is really important, you know, for as far as like what you're doing, because you're constantly, you're on the go, you travel a lot. You're always on the road. And uh, it's remarkable for you to do that, maintain a family and maintain your health. What's, you know, I would, you know, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to do, you know, like to be honest, like, you know, it's probably exhausting. I can imagine at times, but you go out there and you do it and you still make time to host your two podcasts, you know, and do all that. It's really remarkable. And right now you're also, uh, you're, you are making an event uh, to everyone to go attend. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So uh, the talent development hot seat is the, the talent development podcast I started about a year and a half ago. That has grown quite a bit and I've uh, built a big network around that. And so my friend Bennett Phillips and I decided that we would take a chance and host our own talent development conference. And the, the reason behind that is because I also, you mentioned I travel a lot. I run client workshops. I also go to a lot of conferences and events. And in that space, that HR talent development space, I just noticed um, a big hole. Most of the conferences I go to are just really boring. And right. so I wanted to create something, you know, just a lot of PowerPoint presentations and and nothing very <laughs> engaging. I wanted to create something more engaging, more interactive, more fun. And so, um, like I said, I I talked to my friend Bennett. We decided, hey, let's try to put on our own conference. Uh, we booked a venue, we booked some big name keynote speakers, at least, you know, big names in that space, like Liz Weissman, uh, who's the best selling author of the book Multipliers, Josh Burson, who's a big name there. And um, yeah, we just we've been marketing, trying to sell tickets, and we've sold quite a few up to this point, and we're pretty excited. It's happening November sixth and seventh in Sonoma, California, and uh, it's our first event. But uh, we've gotten a lot of great feedback on it, and uh, we're putting a ton of uh, you know money and effort into making it a big what we think is going to be the best event. In the talent development HR space, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited.
0: God, what do you think? What do you think makes this stand out compared to others out there?
1: Hi, uh, like this is going to be different. Uh, I, three things. One, we've got some really great speakers: Liz Weissman, Josh Burson, uh, Julie Winkle Giuliani, and Michael Bungay-Stanier. It's rare to be able to see any of those, if not all, in the same place. They're going to create a ton of value for people. But the bigger reasons are, you know, number two, it's going. The conference is going to be highly experiential and interactive. We're going to be Bringing people together, really experience some things, work together, share best practices, solve real problems, which I don't see people really doing at other conferences, and leverage the experience in the room. I've taken all the best ideas from all of the different conferences and events that I go to and pulled them together, partnering with my friend Bennett to create what we think is going to be the absolute best experience out there in this space. And then the last piece is the connections. For me, when I go to a conference, it's all about the people in the room. Who am I going to meet? Who am I going to connect with? Because you never know what that's going to lead to down the line. could be a job, a business connection, um, just fun friends, vacation, whatever it is, right? And so I want to bring people together to truly be a connector, to help people get new jobs form business ventures, network, you know, form lifelong connections where they can share best practice with each other. And that's the vibe that we'll have at this conference. And that's what people are going to get out of it.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I totally understand what you're talking about when you go to an event and you feel like you're just sitting there, you know, sometimes some people could be, you know, this could be just like full of shit or it could just be totally like, you know, off to, you know, topic. I mean, we, we've seen it all into events and stuff like that. And I think uh, what you're saying, being more interactive, that's where like a missing link is on some events that I've attended. It's like the interaction, yeah. you know, it's it's hard to get down. It really is. Like you have to have the right person throwing the event and the right crowd and doing it. And it's, I know you've attended a lot of events. So it sounds like it's a yeah. right up your alley. That's like really
1: awesome. And I, and I love them. And I love connecting with people at conferences. But I'm also very intentional and assertive about it. A lot of people are not. And I want to create an environment where everybody... Can do that
0: yeah getting it, you know going down that path it's it's funny because you said you go out and you're more attentive towards that. how do other people stand out you know because some people they get nervous when they're when they're there at these events. how do people go out and stand out there
1: yeah so. I think, first of all, we're in midway through 2019. Um, You know, the the world is vastly becoming more digital and more, quote, connected than ever before. And as a result, I think personal connections are going to be more and more important as we get into the future of work and where things are going, right? Because we're going to be talking to bots and computers all the time. we want to have that real personal connection It's what fulfills us and what's going to separate us and really help us be more successful in business and going to conferences and events are going to be a great way are a great way to do that i realize some people are not as outgoing or extroverted or ambitious as maybe i am in those places but i'm telling you it's a great place it's a great way to go talk to people and you know you asked about standing out i i don't know if you have to do things to necessarily stand out i think the way you really stand out is just putting down your phone and talking to the person next to you. It's walking up to people at a, you know, at the coffee break and just say, Hey, what are you guys talking about? Or, you know, what are you working on? Or where do you work or what kind of stuff do you do? And just starting a conversation and asking questions. And the thing that also I think helps me stand out and meet a lot of people and build um, relationships and credibility with people is I just ask a lot of questions. I'm, I take a very, I'm very curious and people like talking about themselves. So if yes. I'm willing to come up and ask them questions, they're very happy to talk to me. And occasionally it's something boring I don't understand. And I might have to move on to the next thing, but quite often I can ask a few questions and, and find something that we have in common and, and drive a good conversation. And then, you know, you get a business card, maybe it's something that you have in common and you follow up with them. You connect on social media. Um, the other thing I do to stand out at conferences too, if it's a very social conference, like if it's a personal development or entrepreneurship type conference or something like that, or, when you and I met, I just left uh social media marketing world yeah, yeah. is I'll take selfies with everybody I meet and I'll post on social media either in the group or on Instagram or whatever. like here, you know, stories, here are the people I met and people love that stuff. I love when people post that with me as well. And so that's another way to stand out. But at the end, you don't have to do all that. I think just talk to people and ask them questions and you'll stand out. Right. Yeah. yeah. Does body yeah. language yeah. have a lot to, lot,
0: lot, lot to do with it when you're, cause some shy. people are nervous and they get shy. Uh, what it, yeah,
1: no, I, I think it does. You know, we hear that it's like 80% of, of communication, or whatever it is. Um, you, maybe for some people, you might, if you're shy, you're nervous, you might have to psych yourself up a little bit. But there's two things. One, you know, get excited. You're, you're there to talk to people, yeah. to learn, to connect with people, So get excited about that. And number two is uh, if you're shy, if you're nervous, then... I just learned this from listening to our friend Vincent Buclazzi on his podcast the other day, Total Life Freedom. Uh, You're making it about yourself because you're so worried about what they're going to think of you that now you're withholding your conversation, your energy. Um, When everybody there is just trying to figure things out, nobody has it all figured out. And there's no reason. I understand getting nervous. I've been there. I've gone to lots of networking events where I didn't know what to say. And I was worried about walking up to people. Um, because you think that they might reject you or judge you. But when you think about the fact that you want to talk to people there, um, you know, you really, there's not that much of a risk of that. I mean, everybody wants to make connections, wants to learn, um, wants to connect with other people. So you, sometimes you guys just take a chance and have that open, that open, a friendly body language. Like, hey, I'm someone that people want to be friends with, and they'll want to talk to you.
0: Yeah, and, and that, makes, that, makes, that makes that makes the, the, most, the most sense. sense. It, it Like, like people... They just, you know, they're there. They want to engage with other people. And sometimes they might be nervous themselves. So that's a good point to bring up, Uh, you know, break the ice and, you know, see what you go after with that Uh, kind, kind of transitioning from that before you started doing sales and stuff, you were working in Northern California, right?
1: Uh, I worked before I got into consulting. I worked in uh, insurance in Southern California in LA, and then I took a job in consulting and moved up to San Francisco. Before I came back to my hometown of Orlando, Florida, where I am now.
0: Uh, and then, uh, when you were doing sales, like how did it all start for you? There.
1: Well, it's interesting, and I know you like to talk about how people got their start. And uh, for me, I mean, my career has been just a, a tons of twists and turns, a long and winding road. And uh, you know, it's all been all about connections for me from the start, I've been big on networking. Um, you know, I grew up in Florida. I went to college, university of Florida, go Gators, moved out to California. (laughs) And, um, I got involved in some startups that didn't work out. I thought I wanted to be an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, and I didn't know what I was doing and nothing worked there. And finally, you know, to get a secure income, I got a job at working for an insurance company. And, um, my wife and I both went back to school and got our masters from USC. Like I said, I got my MBA from the Marshall School of Business there. And after I finished, I was working uh, in product management for a big insurance company, Farmers Insurance there in, in LA. And I just, I didn't like it at all. It was a great company, but it was a boring job for me. It was not the right fit. And I was trying to figure out something different to do. And I decided that I, I wanted to go into sales, that I thought that was the place to be. You can make more money. You kind of control your own destiny. Um, but I didn't know what to do. And so I reached out to a friend of mine named Adam Boggs, who had a long career in sales. Um, not real long. He was probably 35 at the time, but I, and I said, uh, I sent him an email. I said, Hey, I know you've worked in sales. I'm thinking about getting into sales. Um, wonder if you could meet for coffee or give me some advice. And he came back right away and said, Hey, I just got a job at this consulting company. You should check it out. And he got me a job. I uh, got me a job interview with this company, BTS. Uh, um, and they, blew me up to San Francisco, the interview went great. Next thing I know I was starting there and it was an absolute dream job. It it fit a lot of my strengths and that, you know, it was project based, different stuff all the time. I got to get up in front of the room and facilitate workshops for companies, travel uh, all over the world. And uh, it was just a fantastic experience that never would have happened if I didn't send him that email and ask him for help. And so I'm always thinking back to that and how grateful I am because I, I don't know where my career would have gone otherwise but I know that's how things happen with a lot of people. If you're willing to have that conversation, reach out, network, ask for help. Um, people make connections all the time. That's where most jobs come from. And I got into consulting, which, you know, sort of morphed into sales. Be, to be successful in professional services, you've got to get good at building relationships and selling. And that's where I started to realize that that's a skill that I have and started to do more of that.
0: Right. Yeah. And then, like, going back a little bit, we said earlier about when you were working with insurance. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you didn't like it, you probably hit like a plateau. Like when you started, when you got the opportunity, were you scared to transition to try something completely new like that? Or was it just like all kind of going with the flow?
1: Uh, I've done a lot of things in my life that I was scared about. I don't know if I was very scared about that because I, I, I don't want to say hated, but I really did not like my job and I didn't want to be there anymore. I wanted to do something new. This definitely felt like the right thing. It was more money. It was in uh, a cool city, San Francisco. Yeah. So I was, I was pretty excited about it. Uh, I'm certainly I was nervous like could I do this job? Will I be successful? Um, you know or will I fail? But I knew it was worth giving a shot and I was, I was very excited about that. Now if you fast forward uh, seven years, I did that job for seven years, moved in from consulting into a sales enablement, sales like business development role there. And then eventually left to move to the company I'm with now, Advantage Performance Group, as an independent consultant, you know, 1099 on my own, commission only. Um, that was a big move that I was definitely nervous about. Oh, but yeah. again, I knew I needed to do something. I had a pull to get back into entrepreneurship. I wanted to really control my own destiny, run my own business. And this was a great opportunity to do that. And so, again, like I was nervous, but it felt like the right move for me. And that was, uh, nearly two years ago and I've been having a blast ever since. Now,
0: what advice do you have for people um, for that, that's looking to feel that they're fired? You know, they probably have like topped off in their company, you know, and want to transition. And yeah. what do you, what kind of advice would you recommend for people? Like,
1: I I think there's a couple things you can do there. I mean, number one, it's always good to f- spend a little bit of time on introspection and, you know, spend some time with yourself thinking, you know, what am I good at? What do I like to do? What are the things that I like about my current job? What do I dislike with my current company? Same thing. What are you know some of my dream jobs? If I could do anything, what would I do? Um, it, you know, a lot of people don't really take the time to think through that stuff to write those things down. Um, there's a great book called uh, "Designing Your Life" that ha- has some exercises uh, in that in that realm by Bill Burnett and uh, I forget the co-author's name, but they're Stanford Design School professors. Um, and then the other thing is really talk to people, talk to your friends, talk to your coworkers. Something I've learned throughout the last few years as I've been really um, developing myself and getting involved in coaching and mastermind groups and things like that, and leadership development is that um, oftentimes people around you know your strengths better than you do, right? So it might be that, like, you know, Brian, you're always, pumping people up and you always give energy to people around you and people love that stuff. And like, you have no idea. Right. But everyone around you sees it. Right. Or another example I'd like to give is this guy, Joel, that I used to work with. Um, he was always telling stories to make a point and he didn't realize it. And one day in our office, we did an exercise where we sat in like small groups and shared what we thought the other people's, uh, native genius was or superpower. Mm -hmm. And the three people, the four people in our group, the three people, all told this guy, Joel, like, you're a really good storyteller. And and he, his reaction was priceless because he was like, really? I had no idea. <laughs> he really had no idea. He was doing it all the time. And everyone like enjoyed his stories because he was very good at it. And he didn't know. So my point is a lot of times we don't know our own strengths. We don't realize it until other people validate it or give us that feedback that like, hey, you're really good at this. And it's important to listen to the feedback that, you know what, you're not very good at this other thing. Yeah. You might want to move away from that. And it doesn't mean you have to listen to it. If it's your dream, like, you know, give it a shot, persist. You don't have to listen to everybody's feedback, but it, you know, could be worth it and look at the things that you've succeeded at and been and failed at. You know, when I got into consulting, I was excited and ambitious and I wanted to move up as a consultant. And I didn't make it, quite frankly. I didn't get the promotions that I was looking for. And the thing that held me back was because I wasn't a very good project manager. I'm not very detail-oriented. Mm. So I've learned my strengths are getting in front of a room, talking to people, inspiring people, motivating people, you know, being curious, asking questions. But I'm not good at detail-oriented stuff. So I've gotten to a point where I can start to you know, partner with people that are good at that stuff. Hire a virtual assistant who is now handling a lot of detailed things for me because I'm never going to be good at that. So I'm moving away from careers. I don't want to go back to being an insurance analyst. I wasn't good at it because I'm not detail oriented. You know what I mean? We have to figure out what are our strengths and weaknesses. And then also just keep networking and talking to people and find out what, like you don't have no idea what kind of jobs and careers and companies are out there until you, talk to people and find out just like when I emailed my friend Adam and he told me about this consulting job.
0: Yeah, no, that's so true. It, it's a good thing to like really listen to other people and to see what opportunities could come up all the time. It's, uh, it's amazing when you just kind of ask around and, you know, you like you said earlier, you know, curious, you know, um, that like feels the fire, especially as we get older, you know, we kind of like a lot of people will get content on where they're at and, They'll stay in something because it's comfortable and there's nothing wrong with that. I, um, sometimes I, I even recommend that for people. Some people, you know, they're like, Oh, should I turn my hobby into my passion and my career? I'm like, you shouldn't do that right off the bat. Yeah. You know, it's not the greatest, um, not the greatest decision for some people sometimes, but uh, yeah. what is a, is there any other piece of advice that you would like to share with the audience?
1: I think, you know, the thing that I'm excited about that I like, talking about that goes I think really hand in hand with this is this idea of living life intentionally and a lot of people don't think about it we get caught a lot of people are caught really drifting just sort of reacting to life living the life that they think they should or their parents want them to or their colleagues want them, their boss want them to whatever it is and you know we only get one life and it doesn't matter how old you are you still have plenty of opportunity in front of you if you're 25 35 45 55 there's are still a lot of time to do the things that you might want to do. And, you know, one of the top regrets of the dying is that uh, people didn't for people is that they didn't live a life true to themselves. And I think that a lot of times we make decisions based on, you know, what we think other people think we should do or judgment or just because we're, we're comfortable. Right. I don't really like this job, but you know, it's decent money and I'm comfortable. And I'm not saying that you need to go out and make big changes today. But I see how so many people get stuck on that stuff. And, and it's just, to me, it's kind of miserable. And I think that if you take a really, um, you know, you act really intentional about your life, you know, set those goals, think about what you're good at, what you're not good at, what you really want to do. What is your dream? What goals can you set to start, you know, making progress towards that? What's your, why, what's your purpose? Connect with those things, start taking some action every day, um, and, you know, realize that like, there are a lot of things that you want to do and to accomplish those things, you've got to prioritize, right? So if it's health, if it's career, if it's family, you know, I try to do all of those things. Sometimes I spend more time on some than others. I also really don't watch any TV. I don't watch Netflix. I don't watch sports because I don't have time for that because I do these other things. And I don't begrudge or judge anybody who spends a lot of time watching TV or sports or news or whatever it is. But just realize that when you do those things, it's taking time away from that dream job or that passion project or your family or whatever it is. And you don't have to do those things. You don't have to watch game of Thrones or the NBA finals, just because your friends are watching it. If you think, if you have more important things to work on. And so for me, I'm always thinking about, okay, how am I, am I spending my time wisely? I only have so much and I have all these things that I want to do and I have big dreams and goals and I have, I know the steps that I need to get there and it's all going to change all the time, right? We have no idea where our life is going, but if we live full out and we take ownership and live intentionally and we don't worry too much about the judgment or what other people think we should do, uh, I think then your life becomes a lot more successful because you're a lot happy about the, happier about the decisions you're making because you're taking ownership of those and not feeling like someone else forced you into it. And then you have a much more fulfilling life.
0: No, you're definitely right. And I was, to, I was listening to an episode of uh, smart passive income with Pat Flynn and he, he's about to launch his book, uh, I think next month. And, uh, yeah. he, you know, set it out intentionally like two, he said, set two big goals for the year, you know, have one set in December and have one set in, uh, in uh, June and make sure you hit those goals. And if something comes along the way, like if it's not bigger than those goals, then you shove it to the side and, you know, Cause yeah. we all get fascinated with ideas, you know, like, Oh, this idea sounds great. Or this sounds pretty good right now. But like you said, time management is another big factor. And, and totally. when you're, when you have the understanding of that, you know, then you have everything else come into play a lot easier.
1: Um, yeah. It's so, it's so easy to get distracted with stuff too. And again, going back to like get feedback from people around you, it's so important, but also take it with a grain of salt too. Cause I had a mentor, a while, who was pushing me, saying, "You know, you do all this fitness stuff. You inspire people. I think you should pursue some type of fitness business." And I kept saying, "No, no, no. That's not my thing. Yeah. That's that's for Brian Arga. That's not <laughs> for me. Like it's it's not like I enjoy going to the gym, but I'm never going to be a trainer. That's not my business." Right. And I resisted it because I knew that wasn't the case, and it was a distraction. Um, but there are other things that I are I am pursuing that I'm seeing how they're working really well, and so it's also it good to kind of differentiate between. What's, what's my focus area where I need to be going with my career and what's just a hobby that is fun to do along the way, but is not something I need to put too much time into and what's a distraction, right? Mm -hmm. And do I need to eliminate those? Totally.
0: Andy, is there anything else that you haven't said that you would like to say?
1: Uh, no, I think that's it, man. We, we get one life. Uh, think about that. I think about that all the time and going back to what I was saying about living intentionally and not drifting, um, I, you know, I, on my podcast, The Andy Storch Show, I like to talk a lot about fear and how fear holds people back. And I know that there are a lot of people that could be listening thinking, well, yeah, I want to do this one thing, but I'm afraid of what people might think or what if I fail? And I do a lot of things and I fail at things and I don't really worry about it anymore because what I've realized is that my greatest fear is getting to the end of my life and, re- and thinking or realizing that I didn't really um, fulfill my true potential, that I didn't do all that I could do. That to me is a bigger fear than failing. So keep that in mind that, you know, failing does sound bad, but never taking that chance, I think is worse. And so if you're thinking about doing something big, take a shot. That's what I'm trying to do all the time. And I probably still haven't gone big enough. I still haven't, you know, hey man, you're, you're, done all the things I need to do. You're,
0: you're crushing it, your brother. You're throwing I'm only, throwing I'm the only 39. I got a,
1: yeah, exactly. I'm only 39. I got a lot of time left. I'm older than you, but I'm still young <laughs> no, and, man, I'm,
0: you're, you're, and I'm just
1: warming up, man. So let's do this.
0: You're great. Uh, no, it's something I talk about a lot, personal legacy. I mean, it's huge. Like it's something I think about, you know, 50 years from now that I want to tell my story and, uh, you know, not, live cool. with no regrets. Andy, I want That's to be respectful of your time. Um, thanks so much for coming on today. And uh, we'll um, talk soon, man. And uh, hope you take yeah. care.
1: Thanks, Brian. This was awesome. Really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck to everybody listening. Go crush it. Thanks, buddy.